The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, welcome in. We are uh, we are a show called Bears of the Beers, in which one host rarely ever drinks beer. Uh, that would be me. Um, the other <laughs> guy over there, EJ Snyder, he brings on beers. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about things that aren't the Chicago Bears tonight because that's what the majority of the questions were. But we do have a couple of Bears related things, uh, and so we're gonna get into this thing. I'm Jeff Burkus. I'm a writer at Windy City Gridiron. The other side of the other side of the uh, the camera there. That's EJ Snyder. Uh, he's over at Bootleg uh, most of the time, but uh, we do this little show here. EJ, how you doing? I'm good. We got the holidays coming. Starting to feel like it. Kids are almost out of school. Most of the shopping is done. Most, not all. Um, starting to feel a little elfish. Starting to feel a little mischievous. Like I might do some fun things. So uh, I think it's a fun time of year. I figured you just had like bootleg shirts that you would just be handing out. That does not <laughs> I, count anymore. I have biz I have been busy handing out bootleg shirts far and wide. Um far and many wide. Folks across, across the country. Many folks across the country have received one. However, that is not my necessarily my go-to gift in my personal life. Although okay. I do have family members who are like, yo, buddy, kick down. Where, like where you gave it? to you gave to other people. I'm like, okay. So their preference, not mine. I'm not going to force it on them. All right. Well, on this show, we we kick it off with a drink, and I'm going to also uh, put up our first question from our friend Graham here. He's at Yardbox77G. Oh, yes. uh, Graham uh, hits us up on Twitter a lot, and he says, uh, give us some good beverage options for, for Christmas Day. And, and my answer, I think, is inspired a little bit by conversations that we've had, EJ. Ooh. My answer is, this is the time of year you break out the good stuff. Whatever that good stuff is to you, Yep. Break it out. This is the time. You're you're probably going to be 100%. around family. You're going to be around friends. It's 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 maybe cold out where you are. Uh, you know, maybe it's worth, you know, just having that nice bottle that doesn't get pulled down from the shelf very often. Whatever that nice thing is for you, break it out. So I did bring one of those on, uh, but let's start with you. 
Uh, I have pretty straight down the middle here. This is uh, Ninkasi's Northwest Lager. Ninkasi's right down in Eugene, Oregon. Um, they started making this last year. They've made beers similar. This is their sort of beer beer, for lack of a better term. Like this is the one that comes in 15 packs now from Ninkasi, which is not a thing they used to do. Um, and it's, I find it very drinkable and I can appreciate that in a beer. It's got good flavor. Um, you know, you can put down a couple of these and it's fine. I think they're five, six by volume. Um, not super heavy. Uh, you know, good flavor, like a quality beer that you can just go get a bunch of. Like this is, for lack of a better term, you'll understand this being in Iowa. Like this is my garage beer. This is the, this is the box that goes in the garage and I have, you know, 10 of them on hand and people come over and it's like, Hey man, you want a beer? Like, yeah. Um, and it's, it's a very good beer for that. So I just, I grabbed a 15 pack when I went shopping like last Saturday and I've got a bunch left. And so it's on the show. What do you have? I'm, I'm interested. It sounds better than that. Well, well, it definitely is uh more special. Yes. Uh, so <clears throat> this is a very hard bottle to find. I hadn't opened it yet. Uh, I got this on my most recent trip out east. I was in Cape May. I stop into liquor stores mm. whenever I travel because it's hard to get good liquor in Iowa, particularly good bourbon in Iowa. It's just tough to find. Uh, I was Cape May, pretty random, right? It's off season. Uh, and I stopped into this liquor store and they had a High West distillery uh, display. And sitting on the smack dab of it, just out for anybody, was uh, a Midwinter's Night oh. Dram. Uh, Midwinter not- Dram. Yes. Do not tell my other co-host. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that Brett would be very jealous of this. Again, this is he, that's one on his list. Like, and this was just yeah. a random bottle that was just sitting there. That's and the I best. Grabbed it, that's and the it was they didn't they weren't up charging it. And I I went up there and, and the guy goes, "Oh, you found it." And I said, "Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did." And I go, uh, "Why is it sitting out there?" And he's like, "Oh, that's how we do it." We uh, we get our good bottles and we just randomly put them out. And I said, well, I love a, it. I said, I well, it's it. a pretty uh, it's a pretty fair price that you have on that. And he goes, yeah, that's how we do that too. We're not we're not really looking to, nice. to scalp anybody. We're just we're just you know we randomly put them out. And if that's you find them, so you find them. It gives people incentive to come back at the store regularly. Oh and, man, I love I said, so much about that. Like, Isn't that fun? I love all things about like, like that yeah. guy is my new best friend. So, uh, yeah, thank you to the Cape May. And I, I'm using a, a little bit of a, a pour glass off that I got in the Pacific Northwest the last time I was up to see oh, you. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, I, again, I was trying to tie it all together. Mid, right. Midwinter Nights Dram. Good stuff. Opening Very the, you know, stuff. getting less miserly about it. Grabbing, grabbing the bottle off the shelf and opening it up and uh, tying it to our time together uh, talking about whiskey. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate the nod very much so because I know what that is and how hard it is to get. Um, and yeah, that is a conversation we've had and it's, uh, it's something that I've come to in the last two or three years where I, I, I certainly had a more reservationist kind of approach to those bottles. I would, I would, you know, put them away and think there that there would always be a better time. And I came across something that convinced me that there wouldn't always be a better time than right now with good people. So, um, yeah, been more free with that. And I've been enjoying that as well. When people come over and you're like, you're like, Oh, that looks really good, but I, I can't trouble you. And I'm like, no, you absolutely can't like, let's do that. Yep. So make sure you brag to Brett that I got one. Oh, I will see him in about two hours. So uh, I have a feeling it'll come up. 
let's let's run through another holiday related drink question. Uh, Chris Armstrong. Uh, oh, I have one Chris more. One. I came up oh. with one. Oh, uh, okay. That is non-alcoholic that I love, and it uh, it reminds me of the holidays. The first thing that popped into my mind um, when I saw that question was yeah. when uh, I was a little kid and I was growing up in upstate New York. Not a ton of fresh fruits and vegetables in the wintertime. They were harder to find and whatever. So everything was a little bit more expensive. Um, and around the holidays, we would get um, orange juice, like really good, fresh squeezed orange juice. And my mom would mix it with a little bit of ginger ale to make it sparkle. And she'd call it a transfusion. And that's what kids could have for like brunch and stuff when everybody else got up. And it was very... It only came around during the holidays. Like it's the most simple thing in the world. It's really good sure. orange juice and whichever ginger ale you like, but it gives it a little bit of sparkle. It gives it a little bit of pep. It's a great breakfast drink. If you're, you know, maybe had a few too many the night before and you're not in the mood to dive into, you know, bourbon or Irish coffees, or Bloody Marys or whatever. First thing in the morning, like have it, have a transfusion with your eggs. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah I think around this time you get a lot of the, the champagne, Prosecco kind of stuff, mm -hmm. or maybe blinis or like all that kind of, that's not really my thing, but like, I can't you know, do it. Yeah. Like well, I physically can't do that stuff. It no, no champagne for you. No. Um, so eggnog, good, important holiday question. Are you pro yes. or con eggnog and why? Uh, well, first thing is distinction, homemade or store-bought. Sure. Uh, and, I, I answer it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Homemade. Almost always I'll try it and it varies. It's like home brewing beer. It can be amazing if they've done it before and know what they're doing. It can be, you know, chunks of scrambled eggs and milk. It kind of does. Really, really not great. Um, but I will always try it if it's homemade because it's the same reason I try homebrew might be amazing. Um, store-bought, I have to cut it anymore. Uh, I'll put a little bit of milk in it up to a half or a third of milk just to thin it out. Cause the, the stuff you get from store-bought generally is really thick and I uh, can't just chug it straight anymore. My, my kid on the other hand, he'll <laughs> half gallon at a time. He'll go right through it. But, um, and you know, a really good rum. I actually bought a really good rum, brought it on the show uh, about three weeks ago. And in the back of my mind, it was like, Hey, it's almost a holiday season. Like a little bit of eggnog, a little bit of milk to cut it and just enough of that rum to spice it up will be very nice when I'm wrapping presents or doing whatever else I'm doing. So um, that's the way I prefer it, but I will always try homemade just for the like adventure factor of it. Uh, in terms of store-bought, I used to be big time into it. I uh, would, would definitely drink a lot of that. And then I, it kind of catches up to you at some point in your life where it's <laughs> super dense and it's super sugary. And, and then now in my like no sugar, lifestyle or very little sugar lifestyle it's kind of off the table um but you know this time of year if there were was a homemade version i would be very interested again for if you're gonna if you're thinking about making it for me and i'm coming over nutmeg yes cinnamon no i have a cinnamon allergy so oh there uh, you go strangest strangest allergy that i think you can have but it also cuts down on the amount of baked goods that tempt me so <laughs> I uh I, I would say overall yes I'm, I'm still interested in an eggnog chris and and i would much prefer to like create an alcoholic drink from scratch that, that's what i'm going to try to do this winter is make an actual like rum based eggnog with fresh eggs and just yep. go for it and, and see what i can do and, I, and then i can control the sugar because i'm making it at home it's beautiful when you hit it like when you hit that particular combination of a really good rum and a beautiful homemade eggnog that is a that's a gorgeous drink i'll, I'll take that above hot toddy i mean a lot of think of the warm weather or you know warmer christmas drinks like that 
combination is right up there for me when it's when it's well done. All right, let's let's have a football question. I think this I don't know how many more shows we have, right? Like this the season's it's really true. coming to a close here. You're going to be shifting to draft stuff. I'm going to be, you know, actually sleeping a full night's sleep. Like, you know, very <laughs> exciting things that are that are going to be happening very exciting in our near, near future. Uh, but I think this is the question and and our, our friend uh Bears on Oahu uh mm-hmm. is uh asking this question. He's at gfiz808. So he says are you moving on from fields? Are you clearing out the coaching staff or what combination thereof? Um, would a new head coach even take the job if they're forced to stick with fields? And so I've been kind of looking at this in terms of like a two by two chart, right? Do yeah. you keep, keep fluce or do you flush the fluce? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you keep fields or do you trade fields? Um, meaning that you would draft, you know, a, a rookie quarterback. And then, and then you have the four boxes and, and those, those kind of make up those combinations. And so your, the, this question is asking your decision maker. So let, let's just get both of us on record. You've seen, you know, a year and three quarters plus of, of the Matt Eberflus era. You've seen two plus years of Justin Fields in and out of the lineup. Um, you know that the Carolina pick is like, really strongly going to probably give the bears a top two pick. You know, there's two quarterbacks that people are really excited about at this stage of the the draft process. So with that information in hand, knowing that there's still three games we played, but whatever, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? I think it's easiest for me to approach the coaching staff question first. And the coaching staff for me is gone. And I know there are a lot of arguments to the contrary and they're picking up steam in the media uh, after, you know, the last victory uh, before Cleveland, there was a athletic article the morning after, I don't know, like he's won two in a row. And I'm like, yeah, first time, <laughs> first time he's won two in a row in his entire coaching tenure with the bears and first two divisional games. Like, yeah, I get it, but that's not um, again, enough for me. I, Really, am not a huge fan of of the work that Luke Getze's done with the Bears. I like his work with Green Bay uh, more, and I, you know, think now it's probably more clear that Lafleur was more responsible for more of that based on what Getze's done now that he's sort of spread his wings and taken the offense on his own. And I haven't been terribly impressed with what he's been able to accomplish. And yes, I know we we talk about all the issues on this show all the time. Offensive line struggles, Justin struggles, wide receiver struggles. I get it. Um, it has not been great. And many of his contemporaries have done more with less. And so I, I don't see a reason to keep the coaching staff around. Now, in terms of saddling an incoming coaching staff with existing folks, I would, if I was the GM, not meddle and make them do that. But I would also highly encourage them to talk to Phil Snow because his effect on the defense has been profound. Uh, and it would be a good option if they'd work together and they felt comfortable. They being the new coaching staff you were bringing in felt comfortable. Great. If they want their own person so that they're on the hook for that. Great. I understand that. But Phil Snow's really kind of the only piece of this existing coaching staff that I'm even saying like, Hey, take a look. Um, the rest gone fields is a, is a thornier question. Um, because people don't think through it. I think all the way in terms of, In the modern NFL and the way contract structures work, it isn't, there is no more one year deal for Justin Fields. Um, 
if you're going to keep fields around, you're going to pay him. And people say, oh, you're going to pay him for one year. No, you're going to have to address halfway through that year what you're going to pay him after that. And it, if he's a starter in the NFL, you really are probably talking about Daniel Jones' deal as the floor. It's 40 plus million a year at plus interest because it's been a couple of years since that got signed. So you're talking about 42 to $45 million a year for Justin Fields, and it's not going to be for one year. That's not the deal you're signing. You're signing it for probably multiple years or extending him from whatever he's at on the franchise tax. You're talking about two, two and a half years at mid forties. Like that's ballpark. If you're going to keep him around, if he'll accept that, <laughs> which he might, he might not depends on, depends on value. I like fields. I think he has immense potential. I think he could have been the quarterback in Chicago. And it pains me greatly that I don't believe that he will. Um, at this point, I think the bears probably move on from him. I believe he can have success. And I mean, good starter level success in the NFL. I believe that will be with another stop that hurts my heart, but that's, that's the way I see the wind blowing. Um, as explosive as Justin is, it is a difficult way to manage football games because there are low lows and high highs and they come in the same game and you just have to hope the high highs hit. It is a very high variance way to play football and it is largely out of structure. When you look at the plays that Justin hits, there are far more of them in terms of explosive plays that are out of structure than those that are in I'm not saying he can't hit explosive plays in structure. I'm saying he doesn't typically hit nearly as many in structure. He does. There are throws that seem throw to DJ Moore a couple of weeks ago. That was, a, that was his first read. Like he does do it, but way more of the explosive plays you get out of Justin are out of structure after the play has basically sort of exhausted himself. And he just goes off script and does what he needs to do. And he's amazing at that. One of the very best in the league, but that is a tough way to run a railroad. Um, so he's got some issues. I think Chicago's going to want a clean start, uh, right or wrong. Like that's not necessarily my choice, but I do believe that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned the coaching staff and, and you mentioned some of the media reports that are coming out for and against you know, kind of weighing those that are coming out. And then you see what some of the fans are saying. I, I think there's, uh, certainly more, desire from the fan base to get rid of uh Fluce, but you you do see a, a pretty significant percentage of the fan base kind of come back and be like look he's had this success look at this improvement you can't hold last year against him and i i want to i want to make a point one you can't say you can't hold last year against him and then say look at the improvement from last year, right? Like <laughs> that, that man set the bar on the ground and yeah. that man stepped over that bar on the ground. Isn't that great? Like that's, you can't actually do both of those things, right? Yeah. You can say, I'm not judging last year. And this year, I think that he's been good. Like that, like that, if you want to say that, like, you know, back yourself up. I don't, I disagree, but, but that, that's, that's a fair argument, but you can't, I don't think you can, you can do both of those things. My contention is that he underperformed the roster last year. We all were fine with it because we knew that they were trying to be bad. And a couple of those games that they lost, that they probably should have won. It was just like, well, it's actually kind of better for the Bears. Yeah. They, they lost sort of what so, they wanted. Oh, so, you know, we're, we're just going to kind of forget about that. And then you come into this year and it's I mean, this we we saw this. This schedule looked particularly weak. We knew the NFC was weaker. We knew they were playing a weak division in their schedule where they, they could potentially 
you know, they, they had the NFC West, uh, sorry, the NFC South on the schedule. There was just a number of teams where you're like, oh, they they should be able to beat these teams. They should they should be able to stack some victories here. And now you're looking at it and you're like, well, they've got three kind of epic meltdowns, two epic meltdowns, and then like kind of a baby epic meltdown, right? <laughs> like I mean, like, but three pretty bad meltdowns that they, where they gave away games. And then you just look like, well, this is the style of the head coach. And he's, it all kind of permeates down from him. So for me, he, he has underperformed both things. You know, yes. The, the coaching staff stuff that's happened with him, that's on him. He brought in Getsy that's on him. Like, you know, all of these things are on Eberflus and we've talked enough about like, is he the, is he the fourth best coach or the worst coach <laughs> in the division pretty clearly? Mm-hmm. So why would you want to keep that? Why wouldn't you want to just cut it? and go back out into the pool and see if you can get somebody. And I think the thing that people that are still advocating for stability or keeping him around or, or, or saying that he's shown growth is that the bears opening could be the most attractive opening of any head coaching spot for quite a while, because you would have this top pick, you would have, a roster you'd have cap space you would have a roster that looks like they they've got some young talent like this is a pretty desirable spot where i'm not sure it has been in in some recent iterations when they have gone out to hire a new head coach so you might have your pick of top offensive minds because this is going to be an attractive place to land so so that's to me this is it's so clear cut i don't need more games I don't need to watch what Matt Everflus does. And you know, if they do bring him back, do you think he's going to retain defensive coordinator duties? He's going to hire a defensive coordinator too, right? Like, I, I mean, just none of this really works for me to bring this guy back. And uh, I don't know if you caught the Mike McDaniel uh, clip. I think that I did from the hard knocks and, you know, a lot of, a lot of MFers in there. And, you know, like it was after a loss and he's like half the clips, like I, I coached a terrible game. I I put I put players into bad positions, and and th- these guys are trying to make me look good. But I made a mistake. That's on me. Like I need to do better. I don't know. Everything I've heard from Matt Everflus is like they that that player needed to execute that better. That should have been an interception. That that when we when we run that that guy's got to make that seal block. It's it's always somebody else's fault. Yeah. when when he talks um and and so i just i don't love that out of a coach no so so for me i want these guys out hashtag flush the fluce uh you know get let, let's get it let's get it trending uh in terms of fields i just can't see the path i can't okay. I, I think you hire an offensive guy and you you ask him the question you know in the interviews and and when you get him in the building and you say what do you want to do like, you know, who do you like this guy that you like Caleb Williams? What, what what would you do to him? What would you build around Caleb Williams? What would you build around uh, Drake May? What would you build around Justin Fields? How do you have him ranked? You know, maybe throw another guy in there if, if, if you want. But yeah. <laughs> I, so bring him into the conversation. But I think for, sure. for the most part, I, I, I can't imagine a, a, a offensive minded head coach coming in and being like, yeah, actually, I'd take my crack at Justin, um, and and let's 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 use that pick to trade down and, and pull some more resources and build build around him because I because I I think I can be the guy, you know I'd be the third guy, but I think I'll be the charm, 
right? I'll, I'll, I'll get him. Now there's going to be another coach that's going to think that because they can acquire him and they can sell that sure. to their fan base. That's a different conversation, but yeah. that fan base doesn't have a, a number one overall pick that's sitting there, right? Or number one or yeah. number two overall pick that's just sitting there waiting to be used on a, on a top college uh, prospect. And so for me, the circumstances really dictate that it's, it's just a very difficult path for, for fields to come back from. Now, if he came out and he did take that Josh Allen leap, he did take that Jalen Hurts leap where a lot of us were thinking that he maybe he could get there, right? If he did that, then we're having a very different conversation. Right. I mean, first of all, the Bears are in the playoffs. The and the Bears are like, we're not even talking about any of this. Yeah. Right. So, so because that didn't happen, part of that's on Luke Getze, part of that's on Chase Claypool. Remember that? Like, remembering the, yeah, sure. All of that's true. But part of it's on Justin Fields. And, Mm -hmm. and enough of it's on Justin Fields that it's, it's, I just think all of the paths to him remaining, uh, the Chicago Bears quarterback are, are probably closing pretty fast. So I'm moving on. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to set it straight. Like I'm taking out the coaching staff. I'll give them the option. I would assume that they're going to take the rookie quarterback option. And then I'm going to try to find a really good landing spot for fields. And then me, the, uh, when I come back to being a fan, after I, I do this, uh, decision-making, I'm going to then root for Justin Fields where he goes, right? Like, because I do like him as a player. I have plenty of players around the league that I cheer for. Um, I really like him and I, and I hope that somebody can, build an offense around that specific dynamic skill set because it would be really fun. He's a great player. He's got a ton of skills and I, you know, it makes both of us really sad that the situation did not align. And is that mismanagement? Yeah. A lot of it is, is that, you know, coaching that was lesser than what it could have been. Yeah, it is. And I think it's fine to say that, right. There are coaches who do really well around the league and there are coaches who do less well than, they should given their landing spot. You know, I, is it a fair draw for Justin? No, it's not. Hasn't been absolutely not. Has he done enough to elevate himself above that with almost no help? Eh, sometimes, you know, the flashes are there, but it's not all the time. And people that try and convince you that it's all the time and all the bad stuff is just situational are also not seeing the full picture. So it's, it's not fair. It's not fun. It's not cool. I'm with you. I don't want to see Justin fail. In fact, I kind of, as much as it would hurt, <laughs> would love to see him go somewhere and light it the hell up. Um, all right. We're going to go back to a uh, holiday question. This is from our friend, Jonathan Wood. He's at Jonathan underscore Wood one. Obviously, you're probably following Jonathan Wood if you're following the two of us. Uh, and he just wants to know, what is your favorite Christmas holiday tradition that you and or your family do? Yeah, I saw that one. Great question, Jay Wood. Um, well, congratulations to him. He got tenured professor tenure. this year. Big deal for him. Um, if those that have been following this show for a very long time, he was actually on with us in training camp. And what was that, 2019? Yes. Yeah. So uh, Jay Wood goes way back. He's a Bears of a Beers OG. Um, Great question. Uh, for me, it's the Jamie Elf. Uh, it's a tradition I grew up with, and the Jamie Elf arrives at the house on Christmas Eve um, in very mysterious ways, always. Uh, and as children, you can imagine, we're super curious and ready to catch the Jamie Elf at, at every year. Never did. Um, 
and brings jammies for everybody that is in the house. And that was kind of the weird, mysterious part for it is sometimes we had like surprise visitors or, or people that like got snowed in or weren't supposed to be there, neighbors who were visiting, stuff like that. And anybody who's in the house gets jammies. And it was always there was the right number and they were labeled correctly. And there were some really sort of touch and go circumstances when I was a kid that made that like, wait a minute, that's not possible, <laughs> um, you know, which was just super cool. Uh, and the jammy elf has now gone international because my wife's family got interested in it and, uh, she's got, you know, siblings that live abroad. And so now the jammy elf visits pretty much the whole globe, um, you know, delighting small folks and large with, you know, and it can be anything. It can be slippers, can be, you know, flannel jammies, can be a robe, can be a cozy blanket, like Jamie Elf gets pretty creative, but that's that's probably my favorite holiday tradition. I, I got to be honest with you. I had no idea what you're talking about. So you're, you're yeah. pajamas yeah. is what you're, you're referring to. Because Well, like, it started with pajamas when we were kids, but it's definitely diversified into just like comfy, cozy loungewear stuff. Yeah. It's kind of like hangout stuff. Okay. Like hoodie. Maybe you get a hoodie. Yeah. You, uh, I got a hoodie last year, as a matter of fact. I got a really nice green, like dark forest green zip hoodie. Very comfortable. Wear it all the time. I thought it was an elf named Jenna at first when you were talking <laughs> about it. Elf, and yes. then he kept saying it, and it was like, yeah. does this elf bring yeah. jam? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Jam of the month club. And the, and, yeah, right. Like, like, oh, there's all these jams that they bring, you know, like, oh, boysenberry or something. And, mm -hmm. and then I got it. Pajamas. Okay. There we go. Very Pajamas. interesting stuff. Okay, good. Yeah, good um, I, don't have a, I don't have a pajama elf. Um, I'm, I'm going to be boring. Uh, you know, my wife and I, we... Uh, just make sure that we go out for a very nice dinner somewhere around town um, and just sort of have like a holiday meal um, out. And uh, that's uh, it's a nice little holiday tradition that we have uh, started a few years ago. And just two of us kind of splurge a little bit. And that's a nice little tradition. So again, not no pajamas, uh, uh, you know, but, but it is a nice little tradition. And that's the cool thing about holiday traditions. And, and no matter which holidays you celebrate at this time of year it's those are the coolest things the things that you get to do with the people around you whether that's family or friends or, or co-workers or whatever that really you know that you get charged up about i know people that all year they look forward to their white elephant gift exchange like those are not my favorite things but i know people that plan like the entire year to make that a cool event and it's just the thing that they've hooked into that really makes it feel like the holidays for them and i'm like good on you like Again, whatever makes you, whatever gets you in that spirit, um, go for it. Uh, John says that his favorite tradition is the seven fish dinner for Christmas Eve, which I did not know about until I watched The Bear, which is the mm -hmm. the show. Uh, I think it's on FX. Yep. I mean, I have to watch it on Hulu, I guess. But uh, which is a great show. Of course, everybody that's a Bears fan should be watching The Bear because it's based in Chicago. Uh, and that is the most intense episode of television that I have ever watched in my entire life. I think, I mean, that, that is an amazing episode of television. Uh, and I did not, I was not familiar with, with this, this particular tradition seems intense. Um, <laughs> seems, seems intense. John, hopefully your, uh, your holiday dinner goes a little better than that episode because that, uh, that was, that was insane. Um, and I just, I just want to address another comment in the section. Uh, Elements says, uh, so you would rather see fields excel elsewhere instead of here. 
did I say that? Did no. I say I don't want him to ex to excel here? I would have loved that. We we were Fields fans number one. Yeah. Walked through the progression of where we're at. I don't see a path for him to stay based on all of the circumstances that Poles has. I could be wrong. If they decide that they're going to keep Fluce and Fields, you know, and run it back, then there's another chance. If they're going to hire a, a head coach and say, here's your opportunity to pick college prospect and fields. And this guy really wants fields and great. I'm, I'm for it. I just don't see from a football logic standpoint where it gets to that end point. And, and so I, I see an inevitability on the horizon and I want Justin to succeed because I, I believe in him as a person. So Man, that, it's not that we that, would rather that's, that's the piece of that comment right. that I'd sort of, that hooks into me the wrong way is it's not that we would rather, we would rather that he goes to the hall of fame as a bear. Like, right. That's what we would rather, but you don't always get what you'd rather. And in terms of looking at it realistically for where they're at and where he is in his journey and where he is in that professional cycle of getting paid, the likelihood that he stays with Chicago and succeeds is pretty small. It's not impossible. It could happen. And that would be dope. Like that would be awesome. Like yeah. <laughs> the team that drafted you keeps you, you become a long-term franchise quarterback for a team that hasn't had one in decades. That would be great. Neither one of us see a clear path to that happening. Is it possible? Sure. Is it probable? Not super likely. Odds are shrinking. So that that's, that's all we're trying to say here. Don't, don't mix my words. Um, We'll take a quick break. Other side of this, we're going to do another football question, and then we're going to do some fun stuff to, to, to finish the show up. So uh, stick with us. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school 
that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, EJ. So here's the other football question. And we pushed this from a previous episode. Um, th- but I think that, yeah. again, I don't know how many episodes we have left before you turn and, and do this full time. So it's still early. We don't uh, we don't know exactly who is all going to declare for the draft. We don't know who is all going to shake loose in free agency. So all of these talk, any of this talk uh, about offseason stuff comes with like that huge caveat of like, we don't really know yet, right? We we haven't watched all the all the all the people yet. Uh, but Brian Shaw, who was a content machine last night on Twitter, I, I think saw he that dropped, he dropped about <laughs> twenty ideas uh, like for a machine gun Brian. He was yeah, over it. there you go. He's he's at Shaw Brian underscore ending his uh, handle with an underscore. Um, he uh, he says who's who's the center you'd be targeting in the draft or free agency, and we got the same question. From Axel uh, wanted to know uh, which center the Bears look for in the draft, and I know number one Bears fan asked the the center question yep. last week uh, <laughs> as well. So got a lot of questions about center. I think everybody's had enough of the Lucas Patrick, uh, uh, you know, experience. And so, so what do you got for us? You got another Creed Humphrey in the in the pipeline for us? I don't know if he's Creed Humphrey, but he's a good center. He's a very good center. His name's Zach Frazier. Plays at West Virginia. He's a Mountaineer. Uh, generally considered to be the consensus top center in this draft. Um, Top centers have gone a little bit earlier in the last two to three years than folks have expected, myself included. That seems to be a trend that's changing Uh, is for a while. It was fine to wait until like the third round. You'd still get like probably the number two center. You can't do that anymore. You're getting the third or fourth center in the, end of the second even because teams realize how important it is to have good pivot in the middle of the line um, to lock that position down and not have to worry about it. And well, you know, teams other than the bears realize that. Uh, And so (laughs) as a result, they've done that. And so you, you have to spend higher draft capital on it. And um, our buddy, Brad Spielberger and I had a conversation about this. He is still (laughs) lagging behind in the draft side of that. He's not willing to spend the draft capital on it. He would rather do it in free agency. I'm fine with that either way. Like it's nice to get an experienced center in that doesn't have the sort of learning curve. You have to pay more to do it, obviously in free agency than you would in the draft. Either way, my sort of end all be all for this year is you got to get one. I don't care if it's the top free agent. I don't care if it's, one of the top two or three centers in the draft. Like you have to get a guy you believe you can plug in and start. And we've seen it for two years now, not one. The, you know, what happens to an offensive line when the guy in the middle, like can't handle the job and they've had multiple guys in the middle and none of them have handled the job and it's been really bad and I'm tired of it. I imagine they're tired of it and they've either got to throw some money at it or throw some draft capital at it or both and get it solved. I am, I was shocked they didn't do it last year. I am no longer willing to kind of sit around and go, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Like, I hope it works. Like, I'm like, no, make it work. Yeah, I think the the thing about the center position on this show specifically is that we have talked about it every single year. And every single year after we talk about it, 
we kind of come to the conclusion like, hey, this this guy would be a really good target for the Bears. And then they they decide to go in a different direction. And then that player ends up being pretty good. Like we had extensive conversations about Creed Humphrey. And, yeah. I mean, it's just it's a killer. Right. And so at some point, the madness has to stop. You can't just like throw some some, you know, late round resources at it and hope that yep. you know Doug Kramer becomes a real boy. Like it's just it's not like you have to invest in the position. And I and I I, uh, I understand the you can't pay top dollar for everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you can't pay top capital. You don't have that much like all, all those things. Um, I think that you can maybe get away with it at guard more than you can center. And I think that they used to just say like center is a guy, you know, you, you want him more for the brain and he'll, you know, he'll lose gracefully and all that kind of stuff. Right. But, but I think some of the centers that have really just changed the conversation over the last decade of what, what they can really bring to an offense. I mean, that Philadelphia offense isn't nearly what it is without Jason Kelsey. Right. Not and so much. like the, like when you look at some of these sustainable ecosystems that these offenses run in, a lot of them have a really good center at, at the base of that. And so I, I just don't think it's something that you can just kind of throw, you know, third tier free agent money at and, and hope it's good. I think you have to really make it a priority. So uh, one of those targets I, th- um, I think was uh, the Miami Dolphins center who just recently got hurt and yep. he was, he was expected to potentially reach free agency. I think he tore his ACL, uh, Again, a late season ACL tear for a big guy. Not great. Um, that's a tough. That's a tough thing, yeah. right? So, like so a lot of reduces fans, the pool, and it makes right. you know the the remaining guys worth more, and you have to go earlier in free agency, which means the cost goes up. So the top target is probably uh, Lloyd Cushenberry out of Denver. Um, Cushenberry had an incredibly rough rookie year. Everybody wrote him off. We loved him when we saw him at the Senior Bowl in 2020. Um, he had a terrible like flat out terrible rookie year. And a lot of people were like, Oh no, he's since rebounded last couple of years have been very solid for him. Uh, he figured it out, but he had a, he had a rough freshman go in the NFL. Um, but he's going to be a free agent this year. And you know, he would be, I'd be fine with Kush. Like he's that I'd, I would basically check that box and say, good, good do other things. Um, Connor Williams is the guy you're talking about. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult there's injuries. There's three or four other guys, but they sort of, in my opinion, more quickly go down the totem pole. They're still better than what the bears have. But again, that bar is kind of on the ground right now at center. So it's, you know, probably Cush or maybe one other guy as a free agent, or you're going to spend a probably top two round pick. I know people don't like to hear it on a center, like, because the one you're going to want is going to go. And I, and I think Ryan polls, probably learned that a little bit last year when he went I hope draft. so <laughs> I do think that he there was so many potentially yeah. decent prospects and I think they just they went a little higher than what, what I think that he might may have figured they did they went fast and it's and, been reported that the Bears had two of them uh locked down as targets and both of them went higher than what the Bears were quote-unquote willing to and at that point that's what I'm talking about with the conversation with Brad is you have to adjust you have to go hey used to be a third rounder it's a second rounder now everybody's like oh it's too high for center well then you're not going to get one you either get them in free agency or the draft and that's it you don't get them any other way so if you're not going to spend the free agency money and i get it's going to be expensive because again there's less of them you're going to have to spend a higher pick 
to get a quality center because we know what happens when you don't have one. So again, we don't know everybody that's going to be in the draft. We got a, a, an idea of, uh, you know, EJ gave you a pretty good name to look into as, as the potential top guy. We don't know who's going to fall shake loose in free agency, but it's going to be uh, a smaller pool than it could have been because Connor Williams is hurt. Uh, although I, I mean, it's just not a good idea to sign an offensive lineman that tore his ACL late in the not season and count on him as the front and then line say guy. like, this is the guy that's getting like, that's a, like, you know, some of these guys that have made these ACL recoveries, you generally don't see uh, quickly. I mean, um, yeah. you generally don't see it from the bigger guys. So it's just like more load bearing on the leg. A lot of these guys will take off the weight as they recover um, you know, from an injury like that and then have to put it back on. Uh, you know, these guys really do kind of, fluctuate and they're they're not always 325 pounds or you know whatever mm -hmm. you know a lot of these guys really do sh uh, shift throughout the offseason so you know his recovery might be aimed towards more the 2025 season right so you really can't count on him I, I, I and i mentioned him a lot because i think a lot of bears fans were kind of locked into him as the top potential center option so uh that's that's unfortunate um and uh was was cushionberry an lsu guy was that, that where he went yeah um yeah i remember talking about him and i remember yeah, he that, was, that he was dominant in college and we thought he was going to be plug and play and he struggled mightily his first years one of the most confusing rookie years in recent times for me it really made me sort of question like what did i miss and then he he really righted the ship in year two and by the middle of last year he was very solid. He's been very solid this year. He's one of the top rated centers in the league now. And it's like, okay, some, some happened, but he's figured it out. He looks more like he did in college because he was, he was dominant in college. He, the, he, at the senior bowl, he just anchored like nobody went through him. He just, the, the name, I mean, it just sounds like an Earl, you know, he's like the, <laughs> it's like got, got some land in, yeah. in the there old country, go. right? Cushionberry. Anyway, yeah. all right. Uh, let's get back to some fun stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into more. Maybe we'll we'll try to do a little more prospect stuff next week or something. But uh, again, this this team's kind of depressing to talk about. So <laughs> let's let's get back into some fun stuff. Our friend Chad Vonk, Chad underscore Vonk on the Twitter machine. He wants to know favorite Christmas cookie, favorite Christmas beer, and then kind of you know a couple fastballs. And then he, he he throws a little little off speed pitch. It kind yeah. of caught me off guard. I was like, I, we gotta we gotta talk about this yeah. all time favorite cast member. So uh, SNL cast member. So yeah, favorite. There's no wrong answer. Like you wanna yeah. you wanna say you know some kind of off the wall thing. Like I can't come at you. It's not best. It's not who do you think's the best SNL cast member. It's your favorite, right? So let's handle yeah. these one at a time. Um, but I definitely want to know, I want you to weigh in on, on the SNL cast member thing. So let's, yeah, let's start, me, let's start with cookie. Let's start with cookie. Caught me off, off, off guard too, but it was a fun one, uh, in a good way. Favorite Christmas cookie. Ooh, that's tough. Um, ooh. so I'll, go, Christmas I'll go with something. Me is something that only comes around. Yeah. During you don't college, see it. Right. It's not, it's not like, like the best chocolate, chocolate chip, chip cookie. Yeah because yeah. they're on the table during Christmas. It's, it's something yeah. that just comes around during those holidays. Yeah. For me, it's, it's funny. You said, uh, even when you're talking about jam of the month, boysenberry, like I happen to really like boysenberry jam, but it's not one that you find all the time. It's certainly not on the table at a diner or anything like that. Um, and, uh, a sort of 
friend friend slash relative the kind that are the, the good enough friends that are family um used to make a shortbread cookie which was like a uh, shortbread with a little divot pressed in the middle of it with a mm -hmm. spoon and yep. a dollop of boysenberry jam and her shortbread was really good just by itself but that little bit of boysenberry and the, and the sort of you know not as sweet shortbread was just like delicious and i don't know anybody else that makes that cookie i don't think i've ever even made that cookie it's not a hard cookie to make i just don't make them and like those were she only made them around the holidays she'd make them for thanksgiving sometimes but like for christmas like that was a that was a really good cookie and it was like oh i forgot about these they're back and you'd you know take two or three of them and then you'd forget till next year and then you'd remember again at the holidays so that's i'll just i'll throw that one out there because it's not something i've seen like i don't think anywhere else I'm pretty sure my mother-in-law makes them. So next time you come oh, through uh, in the holiday, yeah, let's go, let's go. So, so, so again, I don't, I don't really do sugar anymore. So this is just from, from my life, from memory, from memory. <laughs> yeah. But so, so I don't want to like go too deep down that road because I may break in into them. Right. Like I may, yes, I may break down sure. and, and, and go backwards. Uh, and, and I mean, I would eat these, like you know five six at a time right like the, the, i have no i have no no control control this is part of the yeah. this is why i made these decisions to, to <laughs> live a healthier life right uh yeah so uh my mom would make these um they take oreos crush them mm -hmm. and then uh, mix it with cream cheese and then okay. dip the, and put, make it into a, a ball and then yep. dip that into uh chocolate melted yep. chocolate right yep. And then you, you put them in the refrigerator so they're cold. Oh, good so night. I, I mean, it's just. I'm with well, you. I would. Amazing. I would crush those. Yeah. No, you can't. You don't grab one of those. No, no. You don't go by the tray and be like, this yeah, you, you grab a plate and you put, yeah. you know, uh, oh, you, man, you put a few on. You, you grab, you throw one in the mouth, right? Like you, you're going to start. You're going to eat that's one. Story. Storage while you're putting in the plate, right? Yeah, yeah. And then as you walk away and you put them put them back in, you grab another one and eat that one, right? So your yeah. plate might have four or five, but you've already ate two by the time you get back. Yeah, like that, that's that kind of cookie for me. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, Christmas beer. I think I know your answer. Oh, what would you say my answer is? None. None. I well, I don't like. Uh, you don't you like spiced beers. I don't like anything that says spiced or spices. Typically, when it comes to beer, I love spice and spice and food and everything else. But when they put spice in beer, it's just typically not. And I've had a great many beers, wit beers. I've had Christmas beers. I've had all kinds of beers, and just pretty much anything that says spiced or spices, I'm like, mm, nope. Uh, so my favorite Christmas beer, if it's you know just what I can find around here. Um, is uh ninkasi slayer um which is a dark uh chocolate alt um that is a base it's a modification of a german style um and it's really good like it's heavy like a dark winter beer should it's a little higher in alcohol you don't want to you know sit down and crush two or three of those because they'll, they'll get on top of you but um my only uh, problem is they used to use the lettering um that looked like slayer right slayer the band mm -hmm. right but it's slay as in santa's sure. slay 
er. And they had a really cool like little cartoon of a sleigh on the front and they had that lettering and you'd see it and you'd be like, oh, it's back in the stores. Awesome. And this year they went to like this super like traditional kind of like brown paper wrapper. And now it just says like Ninkasi winter ale and way down at the bottom in little letters, it says Slayer and like script. And I was like, what? It's just, it's a bad marketing change. Beer's exactly the same. Tastes great. Love it. Uh, I've already had one this year. Um, good, good stuff. But I, I got to say, there, that little jump of like walking through the beer aisle and being like, Slayer's back is gone now because it looks like the most plain, you know, brown paper wrapper on a bottle ever. Um, second, um, oh, Thomas Kemper, before they only made root beer, they used to be a beer brewery out in Paulsbo. They made <laughs> they made something that was very similar to Slayer, and they only sold it in twenty two ounce bottles. Um, and my roommate and I, uh, just after college, he loved that stuff, and he was like, one day in December, he's like, get in the car, we're driving to Paulsbo, which is like, if you go around the bottom of the Sound, it's it's a long way. If you take the ferry, it's still a pretty long way. It's hour fifteen, hour twenty from here, pretty easily. Um, if not a little bit more. And he's like, we're going to the Thomas Kemper brewery and we're buying a case of that stuff. And I was like, what? He's like, I want it. I want it in the house. We're going. And I was like, okay. And so we got in the car, drove down through Olympia around the sound up to Paul's bow, went to the Thomas Kemper brewery, which was a really small place at the time. Uh, and we're like, we want, you know, cause it came in a case of 12 of the 22 ounce bottles. It's like, we want 12 of those. Barmaid brought it out for the back and, you know, charged us whatever it was, you know, ungodly expensive for two kids in their mid twenties, but yeah, no kidding. Um, and we had them all through Christmas and new year's. We had a, we had a grand old time of that box. It was great. They, they don't make it anymore, but that was, that was really good stuff. So 12 days of Christmas. I, I honestly, my answer is probably pretty boring. I do like the Shiner holiday cheer beer. It's, it's good. Like a, peaches kind of yeah. thing going for it. Um, but yeah, I haven't had one in a couple of years, but um, I do like that. All right, let's get into it. All-time favorite SNL cast member. I'm a little younger than you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you you might may have some of the earlier cast members as part of your world. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm, I'm kind of curious. I'm going to read off a list of people oh, that, I, man. that I considered. And oh then, boy, I didn't make the full list, but there's at least five that popped to mind. And I was like, I can't really choose. It's just at that point, it just becomes like favorite. Like if you knew a sketch was coming up and if you knew one of these people was in it, which one would you absolutely in your time like of life stay up late to watch? Yeah, right. Right. And your time of life, I think, is important, too, because. Oh, absolutely. Times of life. I, and, and I got to tell you, I, I don't remember the last time I stayed up late on a Saturday night to watch Saturday Night Live. But I've watched almost every episode of Saturday Night Live in the last, I don't know, eight, 10 years because yeah. I just watch it the next day sure. on YouTube, right? Yeah. Like Just like a Sunday morning tradition around here. So I, I'll read through a list and then you'll tell me, go, your, and go you'll tell me your favorite and then I'll I'll pick my, but like here, here was like my universe that I wanted to at least talk about yep. as people that stood out to me. So uh, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, yeah, um, I think need need a need recognition. Will Ferrell, sure, just on his own. Uh, Bill Hader, uh, Kristen Wiig, and uh, and then you've got the like 
Hader and Fred Armisen, and then Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph, like yep. those kind of combos, yep. kind of combo together. Um, and then of course you have uh, San- Sandler and Farley. I think that that has to be, you know, that's yeah. it's youth, but that's really important. And then more recent, um, I loved Kate McKinnon. So that's kind of my universe that I was, that I'm working with in terms of, so th- there's more bit players that I like. And so I like some of the current cast or some of the recent, uh, but like th- those are the ones that sort of stick out to me is like, these guys were awesome. Um, yeah. So- and if you go through, that's the amazing thing about Saturday Night Live and what Lauren Michaels has done is if you go through Saturday Night Live, like every, we'll call it a rotation and a rotation is whatever you think it is. I mean, it's a little bit different every year, but I, I would say like there's two to three year kind of, bubbles or tears where they're just peaks and every bubble has a peak. There are very few of those bubbles all the way through the years that don't have two or three folks where you're just like, Oh, they're, they're awesome. They're so funny. Um, So it really does depend when you watched it the most. Um, But it's funny, like of the like eight that sprang to mind, like immediately, I think two of them were on your list. Okay. And it's just timing. Like it's pure timing. Um, And honestly, you know, uh, when I started watching Saturday night live, when I, you know, kind of, it came into my universe and it was still illicit, right. It was still like, Hey, little kids shouldn't be staying up late to watch this. Right. And it had that sort of cachet to it. Um, you know, those were early casts and like, I'm just going to say Eddie Murphy. Okay. Because so that's like, Eddie before my time. Oh, well before your time, I get it. Oh. But like Eddie Murphy and a lot of people like Eddie Murphy's got a Christmas movie this year. Like people think if you say Eddie Murphy, whatever people bring up as a movie tells you like how old they are, because that was the thing that he did. He's got a career that spans, you know, decades and decades. But in those days, like early 80s, you know, mid 80s, like Eddie Murphy had a fastball. He was on top of the world. And, you know, SNL was a little bit before that. It was right after he left SNL when, you know, Beverly Hills Cop and, you know, all the Raw Tour and all that stuff. And he was, you know, he's one of the biggest names in entertainment in the entire planet. And man, when he was going to be on a sketch, like he was going to crush. And, you know, I could say Dana Carvey, I could say Kevin Nealon, you know, I wasn't a huge Chevy Chase families on SNL, but like every two to five years, there was somebody else. Right. And then you get into Will Ferrell and all the folks you're talking about, like you can pick so many out of that, but I'm just going to say like, if I knew Eddie Murphy was going to be in a sketch, like I would, you know, <laughs> pretend to be asleep, get up, <laughs> go watch it. Yeah, uh, number one Bears fan. Uh, she goes all the way back again. Oh yeah, older, but she she goes all the way back to uh, Gilda Radner. Um, yeah. So I think my answer, and again, I think it's the the youth would pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the youth would pick Adam Sandler and Chris Farley. The, sure. Farley the like, high school kid would pick Will Ferrell, and then I think as an adult, which is a much longer time frame, um, I think I think for me it's it's uh, probably Bill Hader. 
Uh, I just, I really like his humor. Humor, I love a guy that can do a lot of impressions and yeah, had, like fun takes on all that. Tremendously talented. So that that's that's probably, and then you you understand like his ecosystem of like who wrote for him and then who he paired with best and and like that whole like and then you've seen what they've done afterwards. Um, so to me, probably hater, uh, but it's a great question and there's so many funny people um that that have been through that show like you said and it just happens at bubbles all right let's go to the last one this is going to be a ridiculous a, a ridiculous conversation because I, I had to look up some names here so chris yeah. keating uh he says uh so he's at chris k underscore de bears and he says uh which of santa's reindeer would be the best football player now i, I immediately thought well it's obviously blitzen it, this is going to be a two second answer. We're done. He's a defensive end. Like it's over, right? Like, or, a, a, you know, a blitzing linebacker, like whatever it yep. is, but like, he's, you know, he, he's coming. So then I, and then I was like, well, let me, let me look at the uh, names of the other reindeer. I had to look them up. And this is, sure. this is, this is, you know, so then I find out that this, this reindeer thing goes way back. I mean, yeah. way back, uh, early 1800s. Yeah, was was, uh, was when these were first cited in a poem. Okay, and uh, you 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 find out the names of these guys, and then they're not quite the names that we might know today. Yeah. They're they're very close, but they were they were changed a little bit. So, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid. We know those, and then the final two in the original poem were Dunder and. Blixum, mm -hmm. okay, which is in colloquial New York Dutch means thunder and lightning. Mm -hmm. Well, now Blitzen is not a defensive end or a, a, a linebacker. This is thunder and lightning. These are running backs. This yeah. is a big back and a speed back, right? Mm -hmm. So then it made me think, well, if Dunder and Blixum or you know, whatever we, we would call it, Donner and Blitzen, right? Uh, if they're now running backs, what position do these other reindeer play? Well, if you're talking to Bears fans, and we are, and you're talking about Comet, like the Kansas that, Comet. Too, that too is a running back. That too is a running back. So now we've yeah. got three running backs. Oh, sure. I'm, right? I'm good with a three-headed backfield, Thunder, Cupid. Lightning, Comet. Cupid. I'm thinking like, okay, Cupid, he's an archer. Now we've, we've got Jaquan Brisker. Who does the little arrow thing at the end of a, a play? So is is uh, is Cupid a safety? Nah, he's a kicker. He's a kicker. Well, so what about what about Dasher? Is Dasher a rusher? Is he, is uh, he a Dasher? To me, feels more like a wide receiver, right? Okay, okay. So he's a wide receiver. I mean, what about like Ronaldo Nehemiah and like? You know. Would you also say that Prancer would be a wide receiver? Now, Prancer to me feels like Debo Samuel. Now, okay, so he can do both. That is a little bit like CMC. I'll, I'll say CMC because Debo, when I think about it, does not prance. <laughs> he blasts like that guy's made of iron. We've got four but, running backs. Well, no, CMC is, you know, CMC could have just as easily been a wide receiver as he is a running back, and he's equally effective as both. I mean, his dad's a wide receiver. His brother's a wide receiver. Okay. Um, so, like, he could have been a wide receiver just as easily, but he he seems more prancer to me. High knees, you know? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, Dancer and Vixen, are these on the team? Are these, you know, Vixen. support roles? Vixen's tough. Um, 
I don't have a I don't have a beat on Vixen. Now here's what I here's where I'm at with Dancer. Okay. All right. I think Dancer is actually your left tackle. Yes. Dancing Bear. Dancing Bear. Absolutely. Okay. So Dancer is the left tackle. He's a dancing bear, which is what you want. You've got like five running backs that we've talked about, or like hybrid wide receiver running backs. You got some skill position guys. Yeah, you got yeah. a lot of skill position guys. Cupid, maybe he's a safety. Maybe keep. Maybe that's a quarterback. I, I don't really know. Vixen, we're not sure. We're not okay, sure. Vixen, I'm gonna go corner, like because oh. Vixen and Vexing are pretty close. Okay. And like okay. the frustrating lockdown. You're not coming over here. Like Vixen, I'm going with. I'm going with corner. So now we know. So so now positional value. Yeah. Does that change your mind, or are we talking like these are these? Not are, mine, but. Well, so 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 what's the answer? Is it still, is it still Blitzen, or do you? Because again, hundred percent. But but do you think of him as a rushing defensive end, or do you like? No, Blitzen I think of him as a nineteen forties football player that goes both ways. He plays running back and linebacker. He can blitz or he can run. If you're talking about thunder and lightning, that goes both ways. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. He would have been at the very end of his career in the 1940s. He would have been about a hundred years old. So, you know, 18, yeah. 1820s. Yeah. The, the oh, years old. So yeah, he, yeah. He been, well, yeah maybe reindeer live like a really long time. Wow. That's 200 years. Well, magic, ago. magic reindeer. How about that? 200 years ago. Didn't even, didn't even pick that up on the first time. Yeah. So anyway, this, this question, which I thought was originally going to be super easy. Sure. Led me down to learn that the colloquial New York Dutch words for thunder and lightning were the original names of those final two reindeer, which mm-hmm. made me believe that these are now running backs and not, not a, not a blitzing not two players. And, and now we just got a ton of skill players. And, and I, but I, I don't know, like, I think positional value, I think <sighs> dancer might be your best football player because he's got that trait that you're all looking for in, in a left tackle. That's cool. We, I came we, saw what blitzing, we saw what a blitzing linebacker can do to the bears last Sunday. So I'll take blitz. Um, All right. A little bit of silliness to, uh, nah, to good times. To, good to time. end the show. Uh, I, I did not know that this poem had been around for 200 years. So uh, I, I actually refreshed my memory on that about two years ago. Cause somebody was like, name all the reindeer. And I was like, I again named off what I thought were the reindeer and they were like, that's not right. And they had heard it a different way. And so I was like, I did the same thing you did. I was like, all right, look, did it start as something else? Did your family like, and I went way back, which is really funny because my great grandmother's, uh, some of her ancestry is New York Dutch. When you go all the way back, like that's, you know, the old new Amsterdam, right? Forget New York. And uh, so all goes all goes around in a big circle. It's good times. All right. Well, we'll get out of here. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, the bourbon that I had tonight, a midwinter night's dram from uh, the High West Distillery out in Utah. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It, <laughs> if you find it, you should buy it. Uh, if you find two bottles, you should buy both and you should uh Talk to donate EJ one to us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about donate, but you know, well, I sure. think you could you allow us even, to purchase one. Maybe you'd maybe make a premium off of Brett. So if it's uh, if it's on his short his short list, I'm sure that he might. Yeah, he might it is. It. He he went to great lengths to get one last year and was unsuccessful. So I'm sure that only made the the hunger greater. 
uh, yeah, it's it's good. So break out that good bottle uh, again. Not a, not a cost opinion. It's just something that you you find that you kind of store a little bit and don't like to take down. Bring it out. Maybe maybe share it around, um, or just pour a double pour for yourself. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, we'll be back next week. I think it'll probably still be Wednesday, and we'll talk about whatever happened in this game coming up against a bad football team and uh, try to finish up the string here uh, with the Chicago Bears. And until next time, appreciate you joining us. Fair enough.